Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. I'm your host, Brandon. Join us at phantomsportsindustries.com for more sports, for all your favorite leagues around the world. Look no further at any other sports section on the internet than phantomsportsindustries.com. We'll see you there. Um, Also, give us a follow on Twitter. We have a fantasy Twitter account that needs some more love. And if you've been listening this long to the pod, you should be following us at this point. That you can follow us at FSM underscore fantasy. That's FSM underscore fantasy at twitter.com. Give us a little follow there. We can use a little love and we tweet throughout the week some fantasy updates. Not saying that we're going to get there first on the big scoops, but we'll at least retweet them for you and kind of create a convenient little hub for you to pay attention to what to play in your lineup. Maybe even retweet some of the big plays in case you miss them. If you don't have red zone or something like that, you can go on our Twitter and We'll be tweeting some of the big plays that happened throughout the Sundays in NFL football. But wow, it was a wacky week. Week two, one for the books. Rough week for the running backs. Rough week for anybody that had the first or second pick of their respective drafts and drafted Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey, vice versa. Um, Yeah, we're just going to dive in and recap some of the matchups this weekend and we'll look at the fantasy implications what we should be looking for going into our waiver wires and with that being said let's go Just wrapping up the Minnesota-Philadelphia game. We just watched Jalen Hurts put on a clinic over 300 yards passing. That's 333 yards passing. Philadelphia won 24-7. And overall, it just looks like Minnesota was outclassed. Uh... Philadelphia had an answer for Justin Jefferson. So if you were a Justin Jefferson earner, uh, owner, uh, that was a rough one for you tonight. So, yeah, that was not ideal. Um, and then Buffalo had the Tennessee Titans, and they won 41-7. He just come out. Straight up, and Buffalo's running formations with a fullback, getting him involved. Not really fantasy-friendly, but um, still cool nonetheless uh, to see a fullback in action. I love that vintage stuff. I mean, as a Wisconsin Badger fan, we're accustomed to the fullbacks uh, staying relevant, but... Um, in this particular instance in the NFL, they're pretty rare. I, you know, obviously like Kyle Juszczyk for the 49ers, um, this dude, what was his name? He was impressive and he had a touchdown. Reggie Gilliam. Okay. Reggie Gilliam. Yeah, he was, he looks like a stud. It's the same with CJ Ham too for the Vikings. So, yeah, not a lot of fullback love anymore. Oh, Ricardo, Patrick Ricard uh, for Baltimore too. That dude is a beast. Don't get between a block and a fullback. That's how you could end up blocked out of a play, that's for sure. So I'm just – I guess I'm just shooting it right now. I'm not really uh, – have anything too structured here just kind of want to look at the uh matchups from this weekend and what all happened and 
what what went wrong and what it was just kind of a strange weekend um for football some unlikely outcomes happened um but that that's that's what happens in the NFL is uh it's a it's a league of uncontrolled variables a lot of unexpected injuries occurred um in the wide receiver game I did not expect Michael Pittman to be not active against Jacksonville obviously he was inactive hopefully everybody had an opportunity to switch him out of your lineups likewise with Gabe Davis we were tweeting about those uh instances from our uh Twitter account um at FSM underscore fantasy give us a follow um but yeah it was just an interesting overall week and uh how about we how about we just get into it quick and here is the week that was week two welcome back everyone let's recap week two starting off with thursday night football where the chiefs bested the chargers in the inaugural jeff bezos amazon prime bowl mike williams was dominant for the chargers eight receptions 10 targets over 100 yards and a touchdown but kansas city changed the game momentum pendulum with a 99-yard pick six that ended up sealing the deal. In the early slate on Sunday, we saw the Jets come back from a two-touchdown deficit against the Browns by recovering an onside kick. Nick Chubb owners hopefully won their matchups, but ultimately he lost the game for his team by not stepping out of bounds on his last touchdown rush. Rookies Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall also had three receptions for touchdowns, as this duo looks to be starting something special in the Big Apple. Detroit got the W over Washington. Tampa Tom finally beat the Saints in his Superdome House of Horrors, and the New York Giants moved to 2-0 as they just took the edge over the Panthers. Pats beat the Steelers in an underwhelming fashion. And the Jags shut out the Colts, making Jonathan Taylor owners scratch their heads and call themselves a monkey's uncle for drafting him 1-1. Miami and Baltimore participated in a shootout as Tua and Lamar combined for nine passing touchdowns and six of them landing for Tua. Rams beat the Falcons as Cooper Cup once again keeps on proving why he's wide receiver Uno. The Niners lost Trey Lance for the season with a broken ankle, but insurance policy Jimmy G steps in like nothing's changed. Cooper Cup led Dallas to win over the Bengals, which begs the question, what happened to all that money since he spent on the old line this offseason? Denver got the dub over the Texans, Cardinals pushed the Raiders to 0-2, and the Packers finished off the Bears on Sunday Night Football. That is our breaking news recap for the week that was recap of week two. So let's get started with the Thursday night matchup on Amazon Prime. We had the Chiefs versus the Chargers. So the first thing that stood out to me in this matchup was Kansas City is a special team. They're not messing around. And obviously we saw that from week one, but... Patrick Mahomes just seems to be a man on a mission and there's nothing getting in his way. Um, He obviously was on point that game um, and it's difficult to say who I'd want from the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward from a fantasy perspective outside of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and uh, Travis Kelsey I have no confidence in their receiving core. I can't guarantee Justin Watson's going to score a touchdown every night. Nicole Hardman, maybe some, depending on week to week. But MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, no thank you. Noah Gray, maybe. But I, I've, there's no consistency here from an offensive weapons standpoint. Um, it's not like the Buffalo Bills where you have a Stefan Diggs or Gabriel Davis that are garnering the targets. This is going to be a hodgepodge every week. Um, Jarek McKinnon's very involved. Isaiah Pacheco is occasionally involved. Only had one carry, but his he depending on the week, he will get some opportunities to play. So it's just difficult to say I want any of this Kansas City offense outside of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Clyde edwards there. And then from the Chargers' perspective, Justin Herbert, three touchdowns, one interception, 334 yards. Um, obviously, he's you're, you're starting him no matter what. 
Um, this was a great fantasy game all in all. Um, came down to the wire, which you love to see in a Thursday night matchup. Um, it's definitely the NFL throwing Amazon a bone. Wants to want to keep that money in the league. Helps keep the league rejuvenating itself. So Austin Eckler, 14 carries for 39 yards. Head scratching from the rushing attack. Mike Williams, eight receptions, over 100 yards, one touchdown. Gerald Everett, six receptions. So Mike Williams owners, Gerald Everett owners, you had them in your lineups most likely. You benefited from that. If you did a spot start with Josh Palmer, like I should have done in my Dynasty League, you got the touchdown from that. I don't think anybody had Xander Horvath for that touchdown there. Um, It's just a difficult overall uh, atmosphere to necessarily pick it out. Devondre Carter, DeAndre Carter, it had three receptions for 55 yards. Um, his role it will increase, but he's like the third receiving option on this team. It feels like um, Eckler definitely got you points with his nine receptions. That's a PPR uh, blessing there, despite his inability to score a touchdown um on thursday so the chargers team has a lot of potential justin herbert's injuries are a little scary but we'll see what happens um as the season continues so now if we move on to the sunday slate here we had a lot of interesting matchups initially in the day um let's start with uh new york and cleveland obviously an insane finish towards the end there Joe Flacco must have been given the license to let it rip. Um, You know, we talk about let Russ cook. How about Joe Flacco cooking no matter what? Um, Coach Sala and Mike LaFleur have no problem with Joe Flacco airing it out as it has become apparent. Um, We've seen just a lot of opportunities for the receivers in this New York Jets offense to, to eat and, uh, Brees Hall, seven carries, 50 yards. Um, Garrett Wilson, 102 yards and two touchdowns with eight receptions. That's a stud day. Um, I wish I would have played Garrett Wilson in my Dynasty League. I'm going to be playing him very often now um, if this is what we're going to expect from the Jets and he's going to be getting the matchups that he's going to get. Let's see, what else we had from the Jets' side of the operation? Michael Carter, seven rushes, 23 yards. And this is interesting. So him and Brees Hall split in carries. Um, I think this is a two-back system. It's going to be week to week. I don't know who to say is going to get the line share. Hopefully, we want to see Brees Hall because he's young and he's got potential. We loved what he did at Iowa State. Um, Time will tell. I don't think anybody started Corey Davis. Um if you did, that would have been a DFS move. And it was pretty impressive to see the, him catch that game-winning touchdown. I'm just shocked how open he was. Um, but um, crazier things have happened. Brees Hall also had a 10-yard catch for a touchdown as well. So like I said, Joe Flacco has been getting the opportunity to just air it out. 44 passing attempts. Um, that's insane. Um Yeah, I I think I want a piece of this receiving action in this New York offense. Um, And then Cleveland rushing. Obviously, Nick Chubb had the three touchdowns. Um, We can always go back in hindsight um, after what he did in that Texan game down in Houston um, where he stepped out of bounds um, to win the game. If you're a Cleveland fan, you're like, Nick Chubb, why why didn't you do that? because you the the probability of the New York Jets winning was apparently less than a percent. So um, it was insurmountable what the Jets accomplished there. And that's football. Insurmountable things happen all the time. Nick Chubb, though, had three touchdowns. Hopefully, if you had him starting in your lineup, he you you won. If you had Kareem Hunt, I'm not sure if you won the way that you did pre previously when he dominated in week one. It's going to be a coin flip like it is with this backfield, usually Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You won't know who to start, um, but somebody's got to produce in that offense uh, just due to the fact that they're not going to give Jacoby Brissett 
as many passing attempts as, say, a Joe Flacco gets. Um, even though Amari Cooper had nine receptions for over 100 yards and a touchdown, um, he did it in 10 targets, um, which is impressive because uh, Jacoby Brissett and receivers, it doesn't always happen that way. Um, normally, he's a tight end targeter, and David Njoku had three touchdowns for 32 three receptions for 32 yards gosh and david and joku three touchdowns in my dreams um yeah so not just it's just surprising all around and it just kind of goes to show that this jets team although they came out with the w there is a lot of work that needs to get done especially on the defensive side of the ball if they're allowing jacoby Brissett to have that kind of game um, we can expect that other quarterbacks will be able to have their way with this Jets defense. However, it will not be an easy accomplishment going in there if their offense is going to put you in a shootout situation. So expect, uh, I'm curious, we'll know more, obviously, like I said, four to four week sample size, I'd even go so far as to stretch it four to six weeks sample size. We'll know more who, what the identity of all the teams are next up. Commanders visited the Detroit Lions and got beat 36 to 27. Uh, gotta love to see Detroit getting a W, um, especially one that they were favored to win in. Jared Goff, four touchdowns, uh, two of them going to Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown, nine receptions for 12 targets, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Love to see it. DeAndre Swift also had himself a touchdown catch there as well. Two receptions for 31 yards in conjunction with his five attempts for 56 yards in the rush game. Amon Ross St. Brown had two carries for 68 yards as well. Um, it's nice to see Amon Ross St. Brown getting involved in multiple facets of the game, statistically speaking. Uh, he is capable of doing that with his strength and speed. He can do that Debo Samuel thing in Detroit as well. Also, just gives some diversity to that offense, which is what they desperately need in Detroit. Um, TJ Hawkinson at the tight end position is fairly underwhelming. Three receptions for 26 yards. Um, I think if you're a Hawkinson owner, you might want to look to bench him, but at the same time, you're probably still starting him because you don't know what to expect from him week in and week out. He might break out one week, and then it's like, why didn't I play him? So it's going to be difficult to gauge. Next up, uh, when we go to the Washington side of it, Carson Wentz, legitimate uh, fantasy performer. I don't know how consistent he's going to be week in and week out, but right now, obviously, you can't deny that him and uh, Curtis Samuel have found that touchdown connection. Um, Carson Wentz had three touchdown passes, but Curtis Samuel had seven receptions for 78 yards uh, with nine targets, one touchdown, one to watch for. He also has that touchdown connection with Jahan Dotson. It's interesting because he has not found the same connection with Terry McLaurin in the same capacity um, in this offense. So we'll see what happens. Um, you love to see J.D. McKissick with seven receptions, 54 yards, and then three attempts at the rushing for only nine. Ugly. But um, yeah, made it happen nonetheless. Antonio Gibson, 14 carries, 28 yards, one touchdown there at the end. Uh, not a good day for the ground game in Washington. This team might be... Uh, I, I don't know what to think about this Washington football team. We're going to have to see a lot more to uh, get any sort of identity from them, I feel like. Uh, I think that they are... Looking forward to the day that Brian Robinson comes back from his injury. I believe he's already started practicing, too, from what I've been looking at. So next up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers visited Tom Brady's least favorite place to play, the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady, 18 for 34, 190 yards and one touchdown. And he just looked mad this game. Like I'm not saying that he didn't want to be there, but he just looked uh, – it was a frustrating game for him. Um, it had the looks of a baseball game going into the fourth quarter where it was three to three. And then Buccaneers were able to somehow scrounge up 17 points. Um, I guarantee nobody was playing Brashad Perryman, um, for that one touchdown that the Buccaneers scored. 
and you're happy if you're a Michael Thomas owner and you played him six receptions, 65 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Chris Olave owners, five receptions, 80 yards. So you are looking to start considering playing Chris Olave as a legitimate option. I would hope that you're playing Michael Thomas as well as he is the best target on the offense. Mike Evans, three receptions for 61 yards on the Buccaneers side of the receiving core. He is suspended for attacking his nemesis in the secondary of New Orleans, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, <laughs> tail is all his time there. So who knows what to expect moving forward. And, um, with that, obviously suspended for the Packer game this upcoming weekend. So hopefully you have contingency plans for him as you look to ride him on your bench. Taysom Hill, three carries, 14 yards. So he's still showing up somewhere in that offense. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he's going to be used in wildcat situations with Jameis Winston, with the four vertebrae broken. I don't know how he's playing, what steroids they have him on. I'm curious to see if he will sit with his injuries because that's kind of serious. So next up we had the Carolina Panthers visiting the New York football giants. Um, Brian Dable and company just find a way to win. Um, it's going to be ugly. They're going to win ugly. I want to see them winning ugly if I am a Giants fan just because I don't have necessarily the offensive firepower to keep up with teams in a shootout, but I can slow the game down by dominating time of possession with Saquon Barkley, um, Gary Brightwell, maybe a little Matt Breida mixed in there, although the rushing attack is not very strong. Saquon did have 21 carries for 72 yards, obviously not repeating what he did last week, but still good nonetheless if you started him. Nobody and their brother started Richie James, who led receptions for the New York Giants, 51 yards. Um, nobody also had Daniel Bellinger, probably, who scored the lone touchdown for the receivers. Um yeah, this Giants team is its a beauty to watch if you're going to watch them because you're finally seeing some winning football, but it's going to be ugly. Um, Giants, Giants, Giants. They, I mean, like, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. They could finish, you know, third in the division with the likes of Dallas, Washington being who they are and... I don't think this team is better than Philly after seeing what Philly's secondary did against the Vikings on Monday night, but it's still impressive nonetheless. So New York Giants finding ways to win. On the other side of the ball, Carolina Panthers are fairly underwhelming. Uh, buck 45 for Baker Mayfield with a touchdown pass to DJ Moore, finally. Something about top-tier wide receivers in Baker Mayfield don't seem to jive. Um, as he still finds a way to keep Robbie Anderson relevant. Um, Christian McCaffrey, four receptions, 26 yards, 15 carries, 102 yards, no touchdowns. And that's concerning if I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner because, yeah, he'll put up these stats, but you didn't draft him number one overall or number two in your drafts for him to be putting up these kind of numbers. Um you were looking for him to put up winning numbers, obviously. So um, who knows what can happen? A lot a lot of things can change um, throughout the weeks of the NFL. I don't think Carolina is the worst team, especially in the NFC. But right now, they are definitely making a case for it. Next up, we have, we have the... Oh... And this is another beauty, New England at Pittsburgh. That one's how about two just not fun games to watch, probably New England and Pittsburgh and Carolina and Giants. So Mac Jones for the Pats, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Damian Harris would have been a great start with his 71 yards and one touchdown. Um, Nelson Aguilar, over 100 yards and a touchdown. So... Uh, Jacoby Myers, great for PPR, nine receptions, 95 yards. Um, outside of that, not a whole lot of options. Ramondre Stevenson is 
clearly an option in this offensive ball. He had nine carries for 47 yards. Depending on the matchup, I think you're going to want a piece of this New England offense. Although, I don't know. that I feel like this was uh, this game was like a Bill Belichick game where it was like we know that our players are just a little bit better than the Steelers players, so we can come out and get this win. Um, on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, Mitch Trubisky, one touchdown, one interception as well. Um, just not the best options. Najee Harris, 15 carries, 49 yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson led receiving cores with six receptions, 57 yards. Pat Fryermuth was the only one that came out with a touchdown. So I uh, think Najee Harris owners, Pat Fryermuth owners were happy with this game. Um, hopefully you had them in your lineups, although it would all depend on the rest of the combination with your players if you won or not, but they would have been contributing factors to a strong point total. So next up, we had the shutout Jacksonville versus the Colts. Apparently, Frank Reich has never won in Jacksonville as a head coach. That I'm in, very intrigued with what could happen in Indianapolis the next couple of weeks if they can't right the ship. Because now they go 0-2. Oh, not 0-2. 0-1-1. I keep on, I mean, basically with the Texans, I feel like that tie is a loss because... How is that going to help them? That goes into the effect of winning their division. And two, it's just you don't want to end games in ties, especially when you have the weapons that you do in Indianapolis. Matt Ryan had three interceptions. Jonathan Taylor only had nine carries for 54 yards. And I don't know what world we're living in where Jonathan Taylor should get less than 15 carries a game because of the type of player that he is and what he can do to help contribute to winning football. If Jonathan Taylor is getting less than 15 carries a game, you are going to play losing football in Indianapolis. And I'm not an expert, but I just feel like Jonathan Taylor, with what he's capable of, you have to give him those opportunities because he can make something out of nothing sometimes. So unless Indianapolis saw something on film that we didn't with this Jacksonville team, I feel like they made a big mistake. Jacksonville... Uh, yeah, there's not nothing to report from the uh, Indianapolis Colts side of the ball because nobody played Austin Doolin, five receptions, 79 yards. Naheem Hines, yeah, nobody played any of this roster because Pittman was out. Pierce was out. So now let's go to Jacksonville side of the ball. James Robinson, 23. This is This should have been a Jonathan Taylor stat line at the minimum. 23 carries, 64 yards, one touchdown. Um, he's the dude. Travis Etienne. Etienne is a, is a sideshow uh, to James Robinson. James Robinson has proven he's the guy back there. He has for the, since he's been there. Um, and, re, you know, recognize Doug Peterson for recognizing that um, as some coaches would sometimes want to play the younger guy more, especially being new to this roster. Christian Kirk, six receptions, 78 yards, two touchdowns, must start. Um, he's going to be a target guy for this team. Um, he's going to get the attempts, and he's going to be open for the touchdowns. It's just basically kind of replicating what he did in Arizona, except being more of the focal point and more designed plays, whereas in Arizona, he was just usually the second or third option, it looked like in a lot of instances, just always running around open. So you couldn't not throw it to him, it felt like. Um, Evan Ingram, seven receptions, 46 yards, eight targets. Um, one to watch for if you're in the need for a tight end. Um, he might be the best option out there. So resurgence for Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. Not really. I mean, Trevor Lawrence obviously got them the ball, but from a fantasy perspective, I'm not really looking to start him. I might have him on my team if I'm a dynasty team, but... I'm not really interested in what he has to offer at this point. Miami going up to Baltimore for the most exciting game of the week. Um, these two quarterbacks played electric games to a 469 yards passing, six touchdowns, two interceptions. And then on the opposite side, Lamar Jackson, 318 yards, three touchdowns. Um, this was an incredible game for both of these 
uh, quarterbacks. Oh, Lamar Jackson also rushed for 119 yards and a touchdown, nine carries total. So Lamar Jackson was the probably the highest scoring player in most league formats this week, um, doing what he did, but it did not result in a win as Tua Tagovailoa decided to score 35 points or lead his team to 35 points in the second half. Um, just impressive what he is capable of doing with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, getting Tyreek Hill getting 190 yards receiving with, for two touchdowns and Jalen Waddell uh, basically doing the same thing with 11 receptions for each of them, 171 yards, two touchdowns. That was Jalen Waddell's stat line. Stat line. Mike Kosicki getting more involved in the offense as Mike McDaniel would like, as he said so, four receptions, 41 yards for a touchdown. And then uh, everybody's favorite, uh, Rivercraft. Um, nobody had him on their team, um, but he contributed to the touchdown party as well. Um, this is an interesting situation brewing in Miami. This team is fun to watch. I um, They might be the most fun team. Running backs for Miami didn't really get involved as heavily as they usually do. Raheem Mostert took the lion's share of the running back attempts for carries and for receptions. Chase Edmonds was not in the game as much. Five carries, 33 yards. So Chase Edmond owners probably scrambling a little bit, like me in one of my leagues. Um, not to... I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if this was schemed this way. Um, I think that Chase Edmonds is going to be more involved going forward, especially in a heavy rushing game, because just remember like Raheem Mostert's track and history of being one of the most injured running backs. So um, that is something to always put into consideration. Um, we also need to look at the skill side for Baltimore, as I almost forgot to. So there's nobody from the running back side of it. It's all Lamar. There's no running back in Baltimore. Um, and see what happens when J.K. Dobbins comes back. But it's looking pretty bleak. Um, they're going to have to play a game where there's more rushing going on. But right now, that's just not happening. So then we go down to the receiving. Rashad Bateman and... Mark Andrews went for over 100 yards and a touchdown, and uh, that would have been fantasy relevance there for that game. Uh, Duvernay looks like he might be hurt. We will look for more updates throughout the week. I don't know if I'm starting him yet. I was really excited about him after week one as he was one of the breakout all breakout uh, fantasy guys, but I don't know if I'm that interested in him. So... Moving things over to um, Atlanta and Los Angeles. This game was not as close as it looks. Atlanta got 17 points in the fourth quarter. 27-31, um, Los Angeles closed it out at home. Um, Marcus Mariota, though, could be a quarterback to stash if you are in need of something. Um, this is like desperate levels. Um, Drake London must roster um he's probably already rostered he had 12 targets they're looking for him so um eight receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown he has been impressive um and then Zacchaeus had a touchdown as well but I don't think that that is something you can count on um Cooper Cup once again establishing why he's the best receiver and just the ways that Sean McVay gets Cooper Cup involved Saw him lining up in like a fullback spot in the backfield, running routes. I think that there isn't a position that Cooper Cup isn't going to line up at uh, this season outside of obviously center or offensive line. But don't be surprised to see Cooper Cup lining up in just different places because they have to find unique ways to get him the ball because he's going to be... Um, He's going to be guarded if he's split out every time. So look for the Rams to get him more opportunities to be guarded by running back, not running backs, linebackers. Um, yeah, two touchdowns, 11 receptions, 14 targets, obviously dominated that. Allen Robinson got more involved, but I don't think involved as fantasy owners would have liked. I think it looked like he got a touchdown kind of taken away from him with an injury. 
uh, an injury timeout of sorts. I don't know why they reversed it. He only had four receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown, but pay attention. He's going to get more used. Um, I think it because Cooper Cup will garner more coverages down the stretch, Allen Robinson will have his weeks. Um, I think also, look, you know, who knows? Maybe they potentially use him in the run game as well. Don't discourage Allen Robinson owners. Keep the faith. All right. Next up, we have Seattle at San Francisco. Obviously, a tragic injury for Trey Lance. Uh, T's and P's is in the words of the Pat McAfee show. Um, We want to uh, take into account what Shanahan was doing when he re-signed Jimmy Garoppolo. It's weird. It's like Shanahan wants to try all this crazy stuff. He wants the craziest offense. Like Shanahan would probably wishes he had a Lamar Jackson in on his team. And it's almost as if he can't have that. It's like something with the football gods isn't allowing him to have what he wants from a roster perspective. But Jimmy Jimmy G keeps him um keeps him conservative, keeps him from trying too many crazy off the cuff plays, um, and it leads to winning football. Uh, Jimmy G had 154 yards, one touchdown pass. Uh, Debo Samuel dominated in rushing along with Jeff Wilson, Tyree, and David Price. Um, TPC 14 carries, 33 yards. Um, Jeff Wilson 18 carries, 84 yards. I've think that he got hurt though don't quote me on that i'll have to do some digging in that as we uh go into looking into what to expect in their next weekend matchup um i haven't looked at all the schedules yet to give a good assessment of it so once i get that episode out tomorrow i'll have all that update updated for you seahawks uh, i feel like rashad penny owners might have started him Wish you wouldn't have, though. That was not good. Um, Tyler Lockett, what nine receptions, 107 yards. Only player worth starting in this offense. DK Metcalf, I don't think. He is a close my eyes and spin around flex at best. I, he, I just don't think he's very utilized in this offense, and I don't think he's going to get the opportunities he had with Russell Wilson t- throwing him the ball. So watch out for that as we um, move forward in the season. If he gets more involved, that's incredible. But I think it's going to be kind of like what happened with Amari Cooper in Cleveland where he's going to have that one-off game where it's like, oh, my gosh, like DK, look at DK. And then there's going to be some weeks where he's just covered and just not open at all. Brandon Ayuk led receptions. Um Five receptions, 63 yards. Debo Samuel, five receptions, 44 yards. Um, Ross Dwelly, I'm not not interested, even though he had the touchdown. Um, not enough consistent performance. Um, overall, kind of an ugly game, but um, they did what they needed to do. I mean, San Francisco rushing. Jimmy G and Kyle Juice took the touchdowns away from the running backs. I mean, you can't get them all. Um, but it's okay. All right, next up we have Dallas and Cincinnati. So Cincinnati was a sorry bunch. They allowed a lot of sacks. I think, yeah, Dallas had six sacks. My gosh, six sacks to Cincinnati's one. I There's a lot of money that was spent on that offensive line. To be allowing six sacks, I would call that unacceptable. So Jamar Chase, obviously down week. Regression is the mean. Um, he probably covered a little bit more. Um, Joe Burrow couldn't allow the play to get developed with Micah Parsons putting the pressure on him. Uh, T. Higgins had the touchdown and the six receptions for 71 yards. So T. Higgins owners pleased with that. Hope you won your week. Joe Burrow owners, hmm. I don't think you won this week um, unless you had some other big options there. Um, On the Dallas side of the ball, Cooper Rush looked serviceable for a backup. 
which is a positive thing to say. Tony Pollard, one touchdown, rushing, nine carries, 43 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 15 carries, 53 yards. Um, then Noah Brown, five receptions for 91 yards, one touchdown. He might be one to watch out for on the Dallas side of things. On the off chance, you need a uh, emergency receiver. Um, Dallas's defense is a good one to potentially have as well, just because of the potential um, for doing uh, putting up stats. Um, wow, they have some of my favorite linebackers: Anthony Barr, Leighton, and Leighton Vanderesh. Um, obviously, Micah Parsons is a, is a freak. That's a fun defense to watch, I feel like, from the linebacker side of things. Um, just, uh, I don't know. I feel like it, it's going to depend on the matchup. But if you have Dallas's defense, I'm sure that you're pleased. Oh, you need to got digs, too, to get their interceptions. Um, next up, we had this ugly game in Denver. Uh, the Texans made their way to Denver, and Russell Wilson is... Still nowhere near what we expected him to be. One touchdown, one interception. Uh, yeah, Eric Saubert has the one touchdown. Cortland Sutton, seven receptions for 122 yards, though. So that made Cortland Sutton owners hopefully get some production and uh, some win. Uh, I am not uh, really interested in anything else on this team. Javante Williams, 15 carries, 75 yards. Melvin Gordon, 10 carries for 47 yards. Um, Cortland Sutton, one carry for five yards. So nothing really there. Um, Russell Wilson owners, I don't know if it's time to hit the panic button yet. I want to give it um, <sighs> worse words. I want to give it, you know, yeah. I want to give it one more week. Last words. I want to give it one more week in fantasy, especially with a player with name recognition like Russell Wilson. Texans side of the ball. Damian Pierce uh, took the carries. 15 carries, 69 yards. So if you picked up Rex Burkhead like I did in a pinch and played him, uh, you were in trouble. Um, Damian Pierce also had a reception. So looking up for him, uh, Rex Burkhead, though, still... Is I think he's going to be involved. It's going to be week to week. I think they were just trying to be unpredictable, um, but maybe Damian Pierce just earned it more in practice this past week. Who knows what the schemes are. Um, and then Brandon Cooks, four receptions, 54 yards. Nico Collins, four receptions, 58 yards. Definitely time to start taking Nico Collins seriously as a contributor to this Houston Texans offense. So... That's that one. Not a whole heck of a lot. Good defensive game, though. Next up, Cardinals pulled it off against Vegas, making Vegas 0-2, which is kind of surprising. Kyler Murray went Allen Iverson on this game, just making all the stuff up and just flipping cartwheels, turning defensive players around the defensive line for Las Vegas just didn't want to rush him anymore, and he reset himself and was able to somehow come away. Like, he definitely pulled it out of his butt, it felt like. So, Darrell Williams, um, eight carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. If you did a spot start with him, good job by you for kind of guessing what coin flip was going to be for the um, for the rushing potential. Um, Eno Benjamin, eight carries, 31 yards. James Conner, seven carries, 25 yards, but obviously... He didn't play as he is now injured again. Um, Zach Ertz, eight receptions, 75 yards. Marquise Brown, six receptions, 68 yards. And Greg Dorch, four receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown. I think it's time we take Greg Dorch seriously. Um, he is a must-waver wire guy. I feel like if you are in need of more receiver production. James Conner, Eno Benjamin also had receptions. Um it wasn't anything. Oh, Daryl Williams, too. Two receptions for three yards. Good for PPR stuff. Um, not really a whole heck of a lot else on this offense that you would have had um, in most fantasy rosters. And on the other side, Derek Carr had two touchdowns, um, 252 yards. Josh Jacobs, an underwhelming 19 carries for 69 yards. The wonder if Zamir White will be getting more opportunities in light of that potentially happening. Um, he only had one attempt, but... I feel like 
it's time to see potentially what else that roster has. I think Amir Abdullah is also out there for them too. Um, yeah, time to see what else, what the other running backs could do maybe in that situation. Um, Darren Waller, six receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, only two receptions and one touchdown. So Hunter Renfro, seven receptions, 59 yards, and nobody had Matt Collins. So, um, yeah, just a lot of different names that are happening here. Actually, Hunter Renfro's two fumbles didn't help you if you played him. Um, who knows what will happen? He's in concussion protocol now, it looks like. So we'll see. That actually should bode well for Devontae Adams getting the bulk of the pass-catching opportunities with Hunter Renfro not there. Um, then we'll switch it over to Sunday Night Football. And this game was a get-well game for the Packers. Um, the Bears still a little feisty, but Justin Fields only seven attempts in the passing game. Well, 11 attempts, but only seven completions for 70 yards. It's almost like the Bears are running a high school offense. Obviously, you're happy if you're a David Montgomery owner with 15 carries, 122 yards. Got to wonder about the Packers' defense there, allowing that type of, uh, allowing that type of yardage. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields in a pass happy league as the NFL is, as it should be, it's the NFL. No attempts is just insane. Um, he did get the rushing touchdown though. Fields did, um, good on him. Nothing really in the receiving game for the bears. Equiminius St. Brown, uh, not the, the, the receivers for the bears, not worth rostering. Although it is fun to watch the bears get feisty with teams. Um, I think that that San Francisco game was kind of a fluke. Um, I don't anticipate them getting many more games like that unless they're playing some teams that are just awful. Like if they're playing the likes of the Panthers, there potentially could be a shot there. But I even the Panthers, probably better than the Bears. I think the Bears are first-round pick contenders this season. But who knows what will happen. Stranger things have happened in the NFL, obviously, as we know. On the Packers side, Aaron Rodgers, two touchdown passes, 234 yards. It's decent for Rodgers. Um, Aaron Jones is the one who really stood out, having 15 carries for 132 yards and a touchdown, and then three receptions for 38 yards and a touchdown. So hopefully all you Aaron Jones owners out there got your wins. Sammy Watkins led receptions, though, with three receptions and 93 yards. Um, time to, I don't know if he's on your waivers, if he's worth picking up, obviously we know the injury history, but he has potential to be one of the Packers playmakers. And I, I do wonder if, if he does have the upside in that front, but if he doesn't, I understand too. So Robert Tanyan, only two receptions. This game wasn't his best showing just the opportunities weren't necessarily there for him um, in the receiving game. The Packers are going to be running a lot of two running back sets, and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to get the bulk of the opportunities early on. That's just how this Packer team is because of how young they are at the receiving core, and that's okay. It's just, it's just the you know, it's just the time and the opportunity of it all. So, yeah, that's that was the Sunday night game. Um, yeah. We talk about this week one even too. Packers running backs must start every week just because of the potential that they have. So the Monday night slate, we had Tennessee at Buffalo and we had Minnesota at Philadelphia and both away teams only scored a touchdown. So if you are a Buffalo owner on your fantasy team, the likes of Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, James Cook, Stefan Diggs, you you Dawson Knox you had yourself a good night hopefully hopefully you finished off your matchups with a win hopefully you were down initially but then the Monday night games brought you back um Josh Allen 317 yards four touchdown passes he just keeps on impressing me Case Keenum even got in on some of the action not that that was fantasy relevant James Cook 11 attempts 53 yards I'm depending on the week and depending on your situation, 
he's not a bad start. Because if you had Devin Singletary, you probably started him. So why wouldn't you start James Cook? I don't know about Zach Moss, but I don't know. Tell, tell. Zach, uh, yeah, Devin Singletary gets the passing opportunities, though. So that would be why. Um, then I don't think anybody had Reggie Gilliam on their team. Uh all due respect to our fullbacks, but you guys had a lot of touchdowns this week. Too, too many. Juice and Gilliam. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. I, I mean, obviously, like Gabe Davis owners, that he did you dirty, and some of you guys did play him nonetheless. Um, but, hey, that's fantasy for you. You got to be on top of it. You got to have your Twitter alerts set. You got to have your league app set in case your players decide to be injured right before kickoff it happens that's football um these guys are basically playing hurt now as soon as training camp starts you gotta assume basically everybody's dealing with some sort of like injury whether that's major or minor it just comes with the territory of what they do um you're never fully healthy in the nfl you're going through a car crash every week so yeah apparently it was a practice injury of sorts um, I'm not expecting the Gabe Davis owners to go pick up Jake Kumaro, but um, just make sure that you find some alternatives on the off chance that your stud wide receiver who you expect to score touchdowns isn't available. You got to have some contingency plans. Now on the Tennessee side of the ball, um, Hassan Haskins had nine carries for 37 yards. Derrick Henry, 13 carries, 25 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry, this is typical for him early season. You gotta be patient. He is uh December. He is he is when when the when the weather starts to turn and the months go deep into the season, Derrick Henry becomes a liability to defenses and guys start wanting to make career decisions by not wanting to tackle him. Gotta be patient with Derrick Henry. He is a slow burn. That's okay, too. That's how the Tennessee Titans have been good. Um, Traylon Burks, four receptions, 47 yards. Roger Woods, four receptions, 39 yards. Not really starting anybody from this receiving core. This Tennessee team needs help in the passing game. They no longer have A.J. Brown that can help them in the play action because obviously he's in Philly now. So hopefully they can figure something out because whatever they did against Buffalo last night, was not working at all. Buffalo's defense has been having their way so far. Also, NFL really gave Buffalo a sweet deal. Obviously, Buffalo has one of the easier schedules this season, but the league just were like, yeah, we'll put you on Thursday, and then we'll put you on Monday night. My gosh, what an opportunity there. Get enough rest between games. Don't have to play on Sunday and turn it around for Monday. Now... They have a shorter week, obviously, for their next game, but they're fine. They got the best schedule. They have the most. Um, they have the most like rest-friendly schedule in the NFL this season. That's something to make sure we account for for the Bills. Um, now the last game that start that overlapped with the Philadelphia with the uh, Buffalo um, Tennessee game was Minnesota at Philadelphia and Minnesota definitely looked like they were playing with a hangover from uh the Packer game last week they it was like they won their Super Bowl and they didn't have to show up this week um really I just think that Philadelphia did a better job on defense than Minnesota than the Packers had done on Minnesota the previous week Uh, you can tell based on who led the team in tackles um from the from the linebacker positions in Philadelphia versus who led the tackles on the defensive side for Minnesota, being it Harrison Smith backfield tackles. So um, more just the Philadelphia receiving core um, was just doing numbers on the uh, Minnesota secondary, not scoring many touchdowns. Quez Walker had the one uh, deep 53-yard touchdown um, but Dallas Goddard, five receptions, 82 yards. Devontae Smith, seven receptions, 80 yards. A.J. Brown, five receptions, 69 yards. Quez Walker, two receptions, 69 yards. Um, 
Miles Sanders had 17 carries for 80 yards. Jalen Hurts, 11 carries for 57 yards and two touchdowns. So it's a great night to be a Jalen Hurts owner. Um, hopefully he won you your game. And then, yeah, that would have been that would have been it for the Philly side of things from that for fantasy relevance. Miles Sanders uh, did not get the touchdowns this week. Jalen Hurts did, and that's it's going to be feast or famine with uh, Philadelphia running backs with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. That read option that they did in Detroit was uh, was parent. It was very like evident of that. So Jalen Hurts, if he has the opportunity. He, and he he's getting enough pressure from the defense. He's going to take it down and run like he did um, in the first half when he got that pressure and he got that reach across the goal line touchdown. Um, that's that's Jalen Hurts' game, and they're, they're not going to have it any other way right now. Um, he's helping them win. So flip switching sides over to Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, not a great night. Three interceptions, uh, QBR, 17.5. Ugh, woof. One touchdown pass. Um, to Irv Smith Jr. So that was a good showing for Irv Smith Jr. First time we really saw him get a lot of action. And I think that they might, Philly was just blanketing Justin Jefferson more than the Packers did the previous week. So Justin Jefferson, six receptions, 48 yards, no touchdowns. Adam Thielen, four receptions, 52 yards. Some of that happening in garbage time. Um, but Irv Smith, was the play for this Minnesota offense. Um, I Nothing really for this rushing attack here. Dalvin Cook disappointed you. Six carries for 17 yards. Um, man, Alexander Madison, nobody really played him probably. But yeah, Dalvin Cook would have been starting for most people who owned him. Um, that was tough for you all. Um, hey, bounce back, bounce back, bounce back this coming weekend, you know? It's an opportunity to bounce back. So, yeah, that is the recap of the games this weekend. And, you know, it was good. It was a good football weekend. It was a weird football weekend. Um, lots of opportunities for more growth as we uh, keep moving forward. Um, we'll look to uh, hit some of that waiver action this week. Um, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out my bearings with the pod. Um, we'll get some more stuff out to you. This episode is close to an hour, which is what I said I wasn't going to do, but, um, you know, we'll figure out, we'll figure out the best way to do this week in and week out. Who knows? Maybe I shouldn't cover every game or not. Nonetheless, uh, you know, slowly but surely we'll, we'll find out what we're supposed to do. So like I said, um, follow us at FSM underscore fantasy on Twitter Again, that's FSM underscore fantasy on Twitter. Um, join us on fantasysportsindustries.com for more news and notes from around your favorite sports leagues. And yeah, just look for any opportunities to uh, follow our other accounts on Twitter and any other things that we might do that could interest you. So um, with that being said, I'll be back with another pod to... Um, look at week three and with that being said I hope you all have a great rest of your day morning noon or night whenever you're listening this is Brandon from Phantom Sports Industries with the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast peace hello this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast part of the Phantom Podcast family Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.